Welcome to episode nine of the Been There Lost Fat podcast, real education and advice from people who get it. We have been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We're here to help you weed through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fuchinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me, here with my assistant coaches and certified nutritionists, Jess Valoy and Taylor Nobles. What's up, ladies? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I feel like this is like an early morning recording for us. It was a miracle that I could get a hairbrush through my hair at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about food. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes. Our favorite topic. We will all get out of bed Love to talk food. about food. <laughs> Team Food with Me would have a really nice ring to it. Maybe we should rebrand. I wonder if I wonder if that LLC is available. Team Food with Me. That's funny. That's our side biz. So I wanted to talk about tracking food. Um, and and I, I do think that we should get into kind of like the nitty gritty science stuff. But I think today just kind of dip our toes in here as to kind of like why we do it, the value in do it. With the, the value in doing it, the you know the common mistakes that we see, how it can be used for good and evil, because um, I think that's a really good place to start. And I know, and you guys know, so Jess and Taylor I, are my macro magicians, and they they do lots of meal plans in a week. I fucking hate meal plans, um, so they're the lucky winners on this. But my point being that when people should come to come and sign up, they always say to me, "I suck at tracking my food." I suck at this. Um, and the truth is, is that just like everything else that we've mentioned before, this is something that comes with practice and repetition. This is a skill to learn. And in order to develop the habit, um, you need to you need to suck at it for a little while. It's the only way that you're going to learn. And so I'll, I'll pass the mic to Jess first because um, Jess speaks to every single client before they start. And she reviews their meal plan with them. And, and I'd like for you to share kind of like the kind of how the flow of that, those calls go um, mm -hmm. and, and people's hesitations as they start yeah. um, with us and start tracking their food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, usually the number one thing that I hear probably nine out of 10 times when we first start that call is I am so overwhelmed. And I, and I say, okay that that is normal that is what i hear most of the time and then and then let's let's take that let's take that back let's walk it back and let's let's figure out what our our action items are and let's break it down into baby steps because it is it's learning a new skill and and sometimes we get really focused on details that are not what's important to start out the you know the habit building skills are you know taking the plan that we put together, giving us feedback on the plan. So if I've got something in there that you hate, then, you know, that's something I want people to speak up on. You know, like if you, if you don't eat carrots and I have carrots in your plan, tell me that you hate carrots and we'll put cucumbers in there. Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. nobody gets the same cookie cutter, anything when they're here. Um, and definitely not with food. Um, so we, uh, we go through the the draft of the meal plan together um and i go through what the different options are everybody's plans a little bit different so everybody's options are a little bit different but it usually consists of being able to swap meals around change food from different days change different ingredients um i, I like to teach people about you know leftover makeover so if they've got um extra stuff from the day before how to you know roll that into the next day but you know maybe change up the seasoning so that they can have a little bit more variety without having to add extra work um and usually by mid call clients are already feeling better they're feeling less overwhelmed they're like okay you know these are these are things that i can do when it's broken down into you know buy the food cook the food eat the food make sure that you're eating the food on a consistent schedule you know that's what everybody starts out with you don't need to be a tracking superstar we do all the tracking and the macro work for you in the beginning and slowly piece it together for you uh meeting by meeting i think most people meet with me three or four times um in their first month to start going through all that stuff um and i definitely don't give it to you all at once you get it you, you get it spoon fed little by little so that you're able to Take the information that I've given you, apply it for your week, come back with more questions, and then we build on that. 
just like you would if you were in school learning math or a language we're building on it you start with some basics and then you build on it um and that's really how it should be approached um because it's not um this is something sarah said to me early on and i still hear her say a lot that it is not a um it's not something that we know innately how to do this isn't something that is uh that is natural for us to, to do. And people think that they should be able to go on their gut instincts and just listen to their gut and eat whatever they say. And that's just not how it works. It's a skill. It takes practice, uh, habits, needing to, you know, building blocks and, and, and work it up. Um, but it's definitely not something that is just a natural instinct. Well, I think that's so interesting because, you know, everybody's goal is to eat intuitively. And um, and I know we're having Jeff Sue on. I, th- I think the next recording is with Jeff Sue, um, who's one of my mentors. I call him my sensei. Um, and he said something that I really liked a couple a couple of years ago. It was like a one sentence on one of his podcasts, and it's stuck with me. Is that intuition needs to be learned and and earned? And so I only have the the correlation for um, I don't have kiddos, so I want you guys to chime in on that. But I've, I've trained a lot of animals. I used to train horses for a living. I've got a couple dogs now. And re- and we are animals too. And when you want to train your dog to eat at a certain time or to go out at a certain time, you have to do it a lot of times. And then it will intuitively be, oh, this is the time that I have to go outside. This is the time that I have to do this. For my dogs, it's, uh, you know, four o'clock is the time that I need to wake up mom because I'm fucking hungry. Uh, <laughs> that's how my morning starts. It starts with Mark's dog. He's got long nails. He, st- he gets up, he starts stirring. Then the baby wakes up and then he starts kind of stirring around, licking our faces. And then my old bastard starts barking. So that's my way. That's my alarm. Um, but I'll still take it over a crying baby. Um, but, but my point being that, um, like that, that's a big thing is that we have to train ourselves in order to create habits and then become second nature. And that's where we find the sweet spot with intuition. But when people just say, I'm just going to intuitively eat and do what my body's telling me to do. Well, your body isn't your, your, unless your body's already acting and looking like you want it to do, um, it's not going to know what to do. So you're going to have to teach it and it's going to come with some discomfort, um, you know, in that piece as well. And Taylor, I'd like for you to to, to talk about um, kind of like how that works on, on your end, because I know that being a mom, um, that as you're teaching your little man to 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 do all of the things you want him to do, that I'm sure that there is a process behind that. I, I would I would imagine. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I would imagine. <laughs> okay, so. Um... I'm going to be annoying here. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing half the time with Jameson. So it's like, I feel like it's the same way in that with when you start doing macros or when you start with your coach. And the one thing that I thought when Jess um, was talking is when before they come on, they're overwhelmed because they think like, I'm going to have to do all of this and learn it all all by myself and I'm not going to have any help. And that's just not the case. Like you have uh, Sarah as your main coach and then you have us as your nutrition coaches. And like we walk you through the entire thing. So I so I feel like once I have that first call, it's it's like calming towards the middle because they're like, oh, okay, somebody's going to be holding my hand through this. Like I'm, they're not just going to throw me mm-hmm. into the deep end and hope I can swim. Like we're going to teach you what to do and we do it for you for the first month. Like because we want you to get used to it and comfortable and not just be like flailing in the water. And I feel like it's the same. I mean, I feel like it gets better as you go, but I swear by like third week, everybody is usually pretty comfortable. Like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, with the kid, I, they send you home from the hospital and they're like, here you go. Figure it literally, out. <laughs> I walked in the door after having Jameson and was like, okay, so what do we do now? Like, mm-hmm. do we just put him down? That sounds, like, ter- that sounds terrifying. And <laughs> There's no manual. They just, they're just like, here you I'd go. Like, Can we crate train them? <laughs> I mean, kind of, but it's a crib. <laughs> I call it what do you do when you're potty training accident. your kids? But what do you do when you're potty training your kids? You like you put them on the potty, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. first, they probably don't want to sit on the potty. <laughs> like it's the same thing as us. You're going to have that resistance initially mm-hmm. um, when you're when you're learning anything new. Um, so for for as far as how we set people up, I'll tell you the reason why we've developed that roadmap, and that's what I like to think about. 
is when I first signed up with my coach, I was just given like a bunch of numbers and a figure it out. Um, or he would be like, you're going to have uh, ground beef and fish oil. And it was like the most fucking disgusting bodybuilder meals. And I was like, there's at- oh, and he- it would be like ground beef, cream of rice and like flax oil. And I would be like, wait, and like some broccoli. And I'd be like, hold on, I- this is, we can do better. And so I took that information and I had to teach myself to do it. And the disadvantage that that put me at that I don't want our clients to have is that it took some time for me to figure out how to do stuff. And so it's not that it was time wasted. It was great time, but I had to self-teach and do a lot of research and a lot of trial and error. And the reason that we've set it up and Jess and I developed this, well, I don't know, when did we start doing meal plans? Mm, no, two, years ago? Like two years ago. Yeah. 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 So I used to give a client like one example menu and then I'd teach them how to macro count. And then Jess, Jess came on board and she's got, she was like, we're going to need to do a little bit more than this. And so we developed a system where we give you a roadmap for your first four weeks so that you can just start doing it. You've got examples laid out for you. You can start, you can start doing it. You can start making progress. And so I really like that the way that works. But then I always say, whenever I, whenever I speak to anybody, you know, we're happy to give you this head start. But my goal is for you to not need me forever. So we need to teach Mm -hmm. you how to do this. So we're going to spend that first month, you know, bringing you through the steps so that you have this skill. And this is a skill that you'll have for the rest of your life. And this is the skill that will develop that intuition that you ultimately crave. And so I think that's a perfect segue as to like, what's the value in tracking your food? And 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 I'll, I'll pass the mic around here. But for me, knowledge is power like that's why that that's what it is it's nutrition education it's telling you what is in my food so i know how to properly combine them so that i can have balanced meals i know how much to have of things as well um and then i know how to make checks and balances in my diet as well for maybe when i want to have a meal out or have something less nutritious so you don't have that mindset of well i just ate a cookie well fuck i messed up my diet i guess i'll start tomorrow i guess i'll restart on monday so I might as well have five cookies now because I'm already off my diet. Well, no, what's in a cookie? There's, there's, there's carbs and fats in cookies. So let me incorporate that into, into my uh, budget for the day. Um, and so that's, that's where, why I think that macro counting is so, so valuable. And it's not a diet. Um, it is a, it's an approach, right? Is that, is that probably a better way to explain it? Because it's not like it's like a flat plan. You can take tons of approaches within macros to customize it to your needs and your goals and your health and all of those things. Um, but it is, it's, for me, that's how I think of macros. This is nutrition education so I can do these things. It's an educational uh, approach. Yeah, it's an educational approach. And I, I think one of the things that happens a lot of the times when people come in is they're surprised to learn what the composition of their food really is. Um, one of the ones that comes up a lot is avocado and they're like, wait, there's carbs in avocado. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not just a fat. It is also a a carb. It's usually like a two to one ratio for fats to carbs. Um, and what do you mean that protein? What do you mean that peanut butter isn't a good protein source? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, breaking things down and like having, you know, a little bit more insight in what the composition of these foods are. It's usually, it's usually a little bit surprising to people as they're, as they're learning how to put their stuff together and clicking around chronometer and figuring out, you know, what the thing, you know, what different things are. So this is, I I like that idea that this is really an educational approach towards your food, not a diet. Um, Because a lot of the times we're, we're not dieting people. A lot of times we're reversing people when we're getting Mm -hmm. people's calories up. So it really isn't a diet. It's, it's just, you know, learning how to balance so we can create um, satiation and, reduce hunger, reduce, you know, binge eating tendencies. Cause usually what happens is people are under eating for a majority of the beginning of their day. And then they have, a, you know, bigger upswings in the, in the evening time when, you know, hunger really catches up and whatnot. And so educating people on proper meal times and, you know, how to put together a plate um, really makes a big difference. And even after one week, when I talk to people for their first macro training, it's always like, wow, my energy levels have changed. I'm not reaching for coffee at 3 p.m. anymore. I'm not running down to the coffee cart at work. It's so weird. I'm, I'm sleeping better. I, I feel better. I'm not as bloated. I just, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm pooping. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's, oh, it's, it's, yeah, it might be too much information, but I'm, I'm, I'm pooping again. No, it's never too much. It's never too much. <laughs> we talk about poop a lot here. Yeah, we do. Maybe. Um, it I will give say... you freedom and flexibility. 
Go ahead, yeah, I will say that I feel like um, that light bulb really goes off when people start doing their own meals. Like they start seeing what's in it and how they have to like negotiate the whole thing to get to where they want to be. So I feel like that's how they start to learn. I mean, I know that once I started doing my own, I felt more like, oh, look at all this stuff I can have. I think that's the best part of of our meal plan is that we have that database and people actually see like, I don't have to just eat broccoli, rice, chicken. I can eat like Mm -hmm. these really great recipes that Jess has put together for us. And, (laughs) And eat good food without having to feel like, oh, well, I'm on a diet. Yeah. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I, for me, it's given me mm-hmm. so much freedom and flexibility. And it's also um, put me out of that mindset of like, good, bad, it's going to be it's more like, well, what's in this? Like, how much vol- like, I can have, uh, I can have 30 carbs from rice, and or I can have 30 carbs from butternut squash. And I know that I'm going to get more volume out of that. So maybe when my calories are higher, I'm going to choose the lower volume option and all and the other way. And then you can start really developing that 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 education to make yourself feel best and then so that so i think that first step is just learning what you're eating and when 99 percent of people that come here i would say 100 percent honestly um are eating not enough protein and way too much fat the carbs they're either fucking terrified or they're going ham um but across the board I, i couldn't tell you the last time that i had somebody come to me and that was already eating adequate protein and not eating too much fat can you guys yeah. No. No. And before anybody starts, that's why we have them log their food because I want to know what you like. I want to know how you're eating now. Because here's the problem is that if you go online and you find a generic macro calculator, what should my calories be? What should my macros, my protein, carbs, and fats be? Then it's going to base that off of like very generic information. When we're putting together that information, we want to know where you're at right now especially if you've dieted a lot. If you've dieted a lot, I guarantee you're going to get fat if you if you just pull up a macro calculator. Like when I started, uh, it's so funny. I actually, I signed up for like a, for a program before I started with Jason when I was eating like 800 calories. And they were like, well, here's going to be your deficit macros. It's going to be 14 or 1500 calories. Well, I started eating that and I was gaining weight like rapidly. Um, and it was because I wasn't, my, my metabolism was not in a place to do that. Yeah, yes, for my height and my weight. That would, I, I, if my metabolism was in a good spot, my hormones weren't all fucked up, um, then yeah, that would have been my deficit macros. But there were too many things that happened between me having a healthy metabolism and me signing up for that program. Um, and I think that that is really something that's important to know is that when you decide to start tracking your food, you should view it as data collection. Where am I at mm-hmm. right now? Then I think step two is that you say, I want to be consistent. So, so you decide whatever your goals are as far as your macros and your macros are going to be set by so you're going to start with whatever your total caloric intake should be and then you're going to say where does my protein carb fat need to be and and we'll have another episode about kind of how to, how to calculate your macros because i could talk about that for fucking ever um <laughs> but once you develop that consistency that's step one because you have to have think about it as a science experiment that's what this is once you have consistency then you can start manipulating data and then you can mm-hmm. reliably Say, say, okay, well, I made this, this adjustment. Um, this is what it did for my progress or for my digestion or for my whatever. And then you can say, okay, well, now I can toggle that thing around. But if you're already eating in like a bipolar way, um, the first thing you do before you even attempt to diet is eat exactly what you're eating now, like calorically, get your macros in line so you can have balanced meals and then just fucking eat a balanced meal, like balanced, consistent for a period mm-hmm. of time before you start toggling around. And I think we can agree that we've all made that mistake of saying, well, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to go on this, this weight loss journey and I'm going to jump into this diet. Well, it's not, we, we, we got to hold to pump the brakes here. <laughs> we can't just, we can't start manipulating variables if we don't have a control. Right. Yep, um, and I think that it. that's a misconception. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jess. Oh, so you got to earn, you got to earn that diet. You got to be able to, you know, put in those basic habits and the consistency before, before you can get to the diet phase. If you've not been able to do anything consistently up until that point to put that kind of pressure on yourself to then all of a sudden, I'm going to go ham, I'm going to go two hours twice a day in the gym and I'm going to, you know, stick to this really restrictive diet. I mean, that's, that's 
putting a lot of pressure on that. That's more overwhelming to me than, you know, us saying, hey, here's a, a meal plan. Let's try to stick to this consistently. Here's a here's a shopping list and, and exactly a roadmap of everything you need to do laid out step by step. But that the other the other that sounds way more overwhelming to me. Um, but yeah, you got to you got to got to earn the diet phase and use it appropriately and use them sparingly. Um, yeah, that's if you want to have a responsive body, totally. Taylor, yeah. you got anything to add? Well, and I feel like that's why people get results so quickly with those like aggressive diets because they just go ham on it. Like you were doing nothing and all of a sudden you have cut all these things back and now you're going, yeah, like you said, like you're going to the gym two t- two hours every single day. And of course you're going to see results, but you're also going to get burnt out and then you're going to uh, revert back to where you were. And then, you know, in two months you're like, okay, I'm going to try this again. And so that's where, you know, tracking comes into play and what we do comes into play because we're trying to teach you how we're going to do this for life and how we're going to get results without that burnout and without reverting back to the original person. Yeah. Yeah, You know what that made me think of is when, whenever anybody says, well, well, this thing works for me. Well, why are you paying me? If, if you already know what works and you know how to do it, then why are you here? What they mean is I had temporary results with this method, but I wasn't able to either. Most people have never, never even get to their goal. Um, and let's say that they have, but whatever results they've obtained, um, they have not been able to sustain. And so then they say, well, there's this thing that works. And then we can, for argument's sake, really define insanity. Does it really work? Like, does it work? Well, 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 what does it work for? It works for temporary results. Okay, well, you're coming to me. If you're investing in Team Fit with me, you're coming to me because you want to create a lifestyle and you, you don't want to be dieting and, or attempting to lose weight for the rest of your life. And so I think that's some, some like brain rewiring that needs to be done. And I think that we always need to remind ourselves and remind others that our bodies are always going to fight to maintain homeostasis. I say this a lot because it's something that I think is really a missing piece in the diet industry and why irresponsible dieting runs rampant. And it's because we do this extreme thing that you guys both just mentioned. So we initially apply a stimulus and any change that you make, your body is going to initially respond to, but ultimately your body is going to adapt. And the reason that your body is going to adapt is because that's just how we survive. As cavemen, we could survive through feast and famine. Yes, we, when we move from a feast to a famine, we'll likely adapt to that environment by losing some body fat, right? Probably losing some muscle too. Definitely losing some muscle too. But eventually, but we're not just going to keep, unless we're completely starving, um, we'll adapt to being able to function on those lower calories during the famine stage. That's that's called having a thrifty metabolism. That means you're a survivor. So now you've adapted to this extreme plan that you've chosen. You're no longer getting results. And now you're frustrated because you say, I'm doing every single thing that I do. I don't have enough time. I'm getting hungry. And then you quit. And then, you know, and, and now your body is adapted. So now you're quickly going back the other direction because now you already have all these down-regulated systems. Cue diet, merry-go-round of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, it's, it's, it's it. not... And we have all been there. And I think that that's what, you know, maybe sets us apart. And we're, we're, we're practicing what we preach too. like, we're, we're doing the things that we're telling clients to do. We're not just saying, Hey, do this because we said so we're doing it because we've done it. We know it works. We continue to do it. We're building on those habits and, and we're consistently honing in. I still check in with Sarah every week. Coaches need coaches. I still need that accountability. Yeah. Yeah. We all pass our nudes around here. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> what a great time. But that but that that basic principle of the body being adaptive, I think, is useful for anybody that's dieted mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and for any and for people that have had weight loss surgery, because remember, that's the ultimate deficit. That's why it works, is you're forced to stay in a caloric deficit for a period of time. Um, but then you will adapt. And that's and that's the position that I was. That's the position just came to me in. Taylor, Taylor and I have had to do some metabolic work as well. Um, and that's, those are, those, those are all very real things. 
Um, and then I think that there's something to be said for like how you're counting macros, because I think that like all tools that can be used and abused. Yes. And I think that that if it can, if it fits your macros method of doing it is really bastardizing the root of what macro counting is, which is what's in the food that I'm eating. So I know how much to eat and I know how to properly combine foods. Those are the three things that macro counting really does at the, at the foundation, right? A lot of people say, okay, well, here's my opportunity to eat a bunch of less nutritious stuff because it fits in my macros. So I'm going to have these Quest protein chips. I'm going to fit in a Twinkie. I'm going to fit in a Pop-Tart. I'm going to have a Rice Krispie treat. I'm going to have all these things because I can fit it into my macros. And so I think that the two issues that I see with that is that even though the, the quantity might be there, you're losing quality. And there's no doubt that that is going to impact your mindset, your satiation, your feelings around food, ultimately your results as well. So I think that's the first thing that we need to think of. But then if we go back to the into the goal of eventually eating intuitively, if you are using macros as a way to just Tetris things so you can hit your numbers for the day, it's not teaching you how to eat. You're going to have to live and die by, by an app for the rest of your life. And I'm perfect living proof of this, and I've guided a lot of others through this as well, that I haven't counted my, my macros in a long, or I haven't tracked my food in a long time, I should say. I'm all very cognizant of my macros. But I went through the exercise a couple weeks ago of, you know what, I'm going to log my food for the day. See where I'm at. And so I logged my food for the day, and because practice, repetition, tracked my macros for many years correctly, um, I was literally to the gram on protein, to the gram on carbs of where I should be, I was a gram and a half over on fat. If that's not the proof of, of earning mm -hmm. intuition, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. goals right there. I can't wait to be to that level. <laughs> but it's because I fucking did it for like yeah. for so mm -hmm. long. And I know, and, and well, and I know it's a big surprise, but now I'm gonna, we're on podcast nine, we're gonna talk about time again. <laughs> So taking the time to do it is going to take less time. Taking the time to do it right is going to take less time. Um, I I tracked my food and our I you know for what four or five years maybe five mm -hmm. five years ish um, religiously. I mean sure here and there I'd take a couple days off, but really it was only a couple days and I tracked it honestly and I tracked it accurately. And because I put in that work, I now get to live the next however fifty sixty however whatever God has planned. Um, not having to do that because now I know how to do it. And just like, yep. you know, just like my golf analogy, if, you, if you're learning to play golf, you're going to suck for a little while, but then you, once you have that skill, you know how to do it, but you're not going to be good at any sport or any skill or any of those things in just a couple of months. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can certainly take off, like I can take little breaks of tracking and I can maintain, but if I want to make any progress towards my goals, I have to be tracking. I have to be tracking and, and keeping track of where I'm at with all of my stuff I have to plan because just kind of freeballing it, that's that's how I can maintain, which is great. I love being able to maintain that like that is that is a skill too and something to be proud of, I think, as well. But I still have goals that I'm trying to reach and things that I'm trying to do. So if I want to do those things, it definitely is it, I have to I have to plan. I have to track. I have to have some sort of idea of what I'm doing with my food. It can change throughout the day like i can set up my plan the night before and have an idea of what things are going to be and it can certainly change and i can adjust with the the you know i have the app on my phone and i can adjust throughout the day but definitely see much better results when i'm tracking and when i'm planning and it just there's no there's no there's no shortcut to that I've, or at least not that I found. If somebody finds one, let me know, and you know we'll have we'll have a different conversation. But in my you know twenty five years of trying to control the size and shape of my body, I have not found a workaround to that. Yeah, that's um. <laughs> it's funny that you were like, well, when I want to make changes, I need to start tracking again. And I think that there's value to that. And I also think that talking about like the winging it factor. Um, like, I mean, I, so I can't 100% wing it. I do have to have food in my house there, have, and, but there mm -hmm. are things, there are like my staple things that I have, but I will tell you that even now, like to, to get to the highest level of winging it that you can get away with, it makes it way less palatable. 
Like, like, you know, I find myself eating things, you know, I eat things, it's not that I'm eating things I don't like, but it's, it's, I, I did more uh, cooking this week than I've done in a long time. And Jess was like, are you okay? Do you need to check your temperature or something? Um, but oh my God, I texted her like two days later and I was like, girl, I forgot how delicious it is if you take a little extra time to prep your food. <laughs> And you don't have to do a lot. That's the other thing is it doesn't need to be uh, a whole, you don't have to create and, and put in little containers each and every one of your meals. For me, just having like one casserole that I split into like four or five servings so that I have mm-hmm. one easy meal that I can just stick in the microwave, that makes my day a lot easier. So it cuts down the amount of like cooking and weighing and prepping that I have to do at least one time. Um, so, you know, you have to, everybody's, and I'll say this a lot, everybody's stuff is a little bit different. Your lifestyle stuff is a little bit different. So what you're going to need to do in order to be successful is going to look different from the next person. Some people need to have every single meal weighed, tracked planned portioned out and ready to go so that they can you know grab it in the morning if let's say they're a nurse and they're going to be at work for 12 hours for them it's going to be important that they have every single one of their meals packed in their bag and brought with them so that they can stay on track for the day Mm -hmm. for me i work from home i can hop in my kitchen and i can throw together a snack plate in the middle of the day it's not a big deal i have access to my kitchen all the time so but on my in office days it's a different story i pack you know, three or four different meals. So I have some options if I change my mind about what I want. And then I, you know, I pack everything the first day. So the second day it's already there. And then if I I don't have that excuse of, oh, well, I forgot my lunch. So I'm going to go over to the cafeteria and see what they've got. Um, So, you know, everybody's, everybody's stuff's a little bit different. Um, I know Taylor has her own method. I, so I actually find myself being envious of the people that can pack their entire day into containers and take it with them or whatever. Like, sometimes I don't want to do that ever. But that's what I mean. Like when I see the reels on Instagram, I'm like, wow, you really have your life together. But when I do that for myself, like I end up not eating Taylor, do you want to eat the same fucking thing for an entire week? No, I don't. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like I, um, I have tried that method. And by the third day, I'm like, I'm really over this. Like if something sits in the fridge for too long, or I've had it for multiple meals, I'm like, I just need to switch things up, which is, I think it's more of that. It's in the container and just ready to go for me because I usually, plan my meals out according to like what I want all all week for breakfast, what I want all week for lunch and what my dessert or sweet treat is going to be um, at the end of the day. And then dinners go differently. But um, I still eat the same thing all week. But it's the fact that it's like prepped in a container. I'm also I mean, I work from home. So I can just like just said, I can go into the kitchen and make a meal for myself. Um I don't have to have something. Otherwise I'm going to die if I don't eat Mm -hmm. kind of situation. So I think it's more of that. I don't like the meal prepped in advance for myself. And I want to be able to like piece it together the day of. And that's what works for me. So I'm digging my mix and match method that I've been doing the past couple of weeks. So my, my typical, and so I think it's really important to acknowledge that like you, you can have like different, uh, different approaches based off of what's going on in your life or what you feel like, what your schedule is. Um, and also, I think there's different levels of preparation and winging it that you can get away with at different stages. In the beginning, you're probably going to want to be more more planned and prepped to take the stress off of your plate. But I find for me that like sometimes, so first of all, I should say that whenever I feel like a little bit disorganized, that I have like one specific prep that I'll do. So when I feel disorganized, I will go back to like having specific things. There are, it is four things that I prep that I can prep five days of it. I know I like all of it and I can prep it all in an hour for five days. And so I think that's pretty, so that, and I, that's like my, my, I feel my foundation feels a little unsteady. This is, this is my, my like old faithful menu. So I do have that. Meatballs. Typically. Um, no, actually, actually, no. Meatballs are a lot of work. You have to like roll them. There is a meat sauce in there though. Um, okay. I, so, okay, I'll tell you what it is. So I'll do uh, a, like an egg casserole for breakfast with whatever mix and match things in there. I usually use a, like, like a lean ground turkey sausage, like breakfast sausage. Jimmy D makes one that's good. It's not extra lean, but it's lean enough. Um, lots of vegetables in there. Um, then I'll do, um, then I'll do spaghetti squash with a turkey <laughs> meat sauce that I'll make that way. 
Um, then I'll do, sometimes I'll do like a firecracker chicken. Sometimes I'll do, it's just, so the dinner, the dinner meal is, is kind of freedom and flex there. Um, and then I always have my protein put in. I'll do like a deli meat rice cake thing. There's just like a couple things that like, I know I like it. It takes me like no time to prepare it. Um, I'll sometimes overnight oats make their way in there. It's just like a, a staple thing that I know. Um, yeah, cucumber, just stab it with a fork, eat it, and get your <laughs> greens in. Um, so that's my like. So that's my thing is I'll have like an old faithful menu. And, I, and if you've been tracking your food for a while, you can go back into the archives and be like, okay, I know I like mm-hmm. that menu. Let me just make this simple for mm-hmm. myself. Boom. What I usually do is I have three uh, three staple meals that I eat the same until I run out of ingredients or I get bored of one and then I rotate another in. New dinner with Mark, leftovers from the night before. Easy peasy. I have variety in my diet. I only have to think about and prepare one meal a day. But what I did this past couple weeks is I just I just prepped ingredients to mix and match, and it was a nice little mix up. Mix up. So uh, most of my cooking was was vegetables. I told a client I wanted her to go eat more vegetables, and I said go to the store and roast a bunch of vegetables. And so now, so then it inspired me to go roast some vegetables. So I went and bought everything I liked, and I used every kitchen appliance I fucking have. Which, by the way, meal prep tip: use every single appliance you have. Um, and then I did, and then I brought I bought like a rotisserie chicken to to go primal on the breast um i had some eggs and because there's no fucking egg whites available here so i'm gonna have to do that work myself i got some lean ground turkey sausage and then i got some lean ground beef so i like i wasn't really prepping proteins oh and i got some like shrimp cocktail shrimp but i mostly prepped vegetables and it's been a delicious week but i had you know a couple vegetables couple protein sources um, got some avocado in there and you can make like a million different little varieties mm-hmm. of it um, mm-hmm. without having to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Jess is a big yeah. repurposer. Go ahead. Go ahead. Repurpose. I, yeah, give a, give is... us a good, hold on. Give us an example of like a repurpose. Walk it through. Sure. Sure. Uh, this is what I call leftover makeover. Um, this is where you start off with kind of a simple basic meal at the beginning of the week and you can turn your leftovers into various other meals. So, start off in the beginning of the week let's say you have uh, a veg with some you know roasted or grilled chicken pretty you know basically seasoned and some rice and you make extra portions so that you have enough that you can roll it over into the next day so the next day you're like okay well i've got some leftover rice i've got some leftover chicken i've got some leftover veggies so you could do a fried rice you could do a burrito bowl you could do a greek bowl where you throw some hummus i like to do what i call greek pico de gallo where i take a red onion tomato cucumber throw a little lemon juice and some garlic on there salt and pepper throw that in with my greek bowl so you've got all these different avenues that you can go with with just changing up a little bit of seasoning and how you're putting things together there. So I can take that chicken and I can throw some taco seasoning on it. I can take it, I can put some, um, I can throw together like the fried rice. So throw an egg in there, throw some extra veg, take my leftover cold rice because it's better that way anyways. And you can have a high protein, you know, fried rice situation. Um, Burrito bowls are... Yeah, I love tacos. You, or you could just do tacos. You don't have to do burrito bowl. You could throw it on a on a corn tortilla. Um, and one common mistake that comes up a lot: cook your corn tortillas, people. Stop eating them raw. They are meant to be warmed up. I don't care if you stick it in the microwave or if you stick it on a pan with some spray oil. Oh, because they don't eat them raw. Because they crumble up. Anytime somebody says, oh, yeah, I don't, I, just I don't know how you eat this these." This week. I just learned this this week. They were crumbling, and then I cooked them. I was like, "Wow, they stay mm-hmm. together." Yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. they are they are raw in the package. Please cook them. <laughs> I wish y'all could see how passionate Jess is right now with how she's talking about her food. Like, look at all these things I can do. I mean, <laughs> usually well, I'm the hand talker here. All of a sudden, Jess is taking all of my hand talking. This this is my this is my my area the food the food this is what I talk about you know I think one of the the number one things I say to clients and I'm starting to have like phrases that come up in every like onboarding and every macro thing so it's I'm starting to like have my repertoire like Sarah does where she like pulls the anal- out these analogies, the analogies are gonna, uh-huh. yeah they're gonna start coming they're gonna start coming <laughs> to you in the shower girl literally I was no I was blow drying my hair this week my most dreaded activity. And I was like, oh, I got one. I haven't had a chance to record it yet. And like I told you I would, but I got a, I got a good analogy. You're just waiting in the wings. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to drop it in the next week. <laughs> My in the next album pod. drop. 
<laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. You just gave me a couple extra days to not do it. See, <laughs> uh, is on top of things that we are. We're still procrastinators here too. We still, you know, we're 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 normal people that have the normal struggles. We still procrastinate. Yes, I'm gonna throw a fuck to... you your way. I don't know if I'd be calling it <laughs> procrastinating. I've been at my desk from about 4:30 a.m. until at least 7 p.m. every day this week. So the analogy recording took a bad Unacceptable. <laughs> Unacceptable. That <laughs> was some bullshit this week. Um, yeah. All right. So let's talk about like some common mistake, like how, how, how tracking can be misused. Um, and I mm. think the first thing that we already touched on was um, ma- making, making adjustments too often. So you can't, you have to collect data and you have to be consistent with your intake before you can manipulate data. This is a real, this is a science experiment. That's what this is. That's that's really what this all comes down to. So you have to develop that consistency. And then you don't want to be toggling around too much. You're not going to be collecting a a reliable data. And I'll I'll add that the fact that that I kept a coach on board once I already know how to do everything, because I would be like, oh, well, the scale went up two pounds. Well, time to change my macros. Got to make an adjustment here. And so I think that that's something that, you know, I would be just like fucking jumping on it because I'm, even though I'm so data-driven, I still am obviously human, I like to think. And so I, uh, I, I am still emotional about, about this because it is so personal. And so that's why I really did keep my coach on for so long is so that I wouldn't be like making these rash decisions based off of my gravitational pull that morning, which is usually what would instigate a rash, a rash decision. Yeah. Everybody's just yeah. smiling, nodding at me. I, like, I, well, yeah. I, we agree. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know we know how uh, how my scale is, and if I were to just take that data and judge what my next move was by my scale, mm-hmm. I'd be changing my macros midday every day. Um, mm-hmm. I, but actually, I, you know what's so funny? Whenever uh, whenever anybody has a fluctuation, you are my best example. I'm like, Jess will sleep shitty and she'll gain six pounds overnight. <laughs> if we started throwing out SOS smoke signals on that, we would have been really fucked her up. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably track my, my weight more than more than most people just because I find it interesting, the data, to see the day-to-day changes. I mean, trends over time are really what we're looking for. Um, so I don't really... I've gotten to a point where I... I, I understand that my scale is going to move radically up and down day to day Mm -hmm. and i don't take that into account to change my behaviors i look at trends over time and that's a much better better method but yes my 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 scale can't be trusted i I feel like taylor your scale was a little bit more bipolar um before you got just a little bit healthier and i feel like i mean we all fluctuate a little bit but i don't but you don't have the spikes that like that you used to i mean a little bit for a period maybe a little bit after a leg day right which is pretty much that's pretty much what my fluctuations are at this point yeah but mine mine kind of stay in the same range which is nice but yeah you're right when i i would say that i probably was less consistent um when it fluctuated and so now that i am consistent in everything that i do my weight kind of stays right at where i want it to be but i also had Mm -hmm. a period of time where like i couldn't even get on the scale without wanting to cry like i'm like it just always goes up like what is the problem and like i had to take a month off from it but but now like i can get on the scale and it not stress me out like i'm like okay i am Mm -hmm. i am where i am and i am consistent and i know that i'm consistent so it's less stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, like this, I mean, the scale is definitely a thing. I don't think that we can ever, I mean, I, you know, even if we're accepting it as data, we still don't like when it's not doing what we want it to do, especially when we're doing all of the right things, right? So it's mm-hmm. still going to be like, well, what's the, what the actual fuck? Um, right. And most of the time we can figure out why there's been a fluctuation, but sometimes, but you know, bodies are just not math equations, mm-hmm. unfortunately, as much math as we do, sometimes we just need to kind of like wait it out and let the dust settle. Um, yeah. And it's so funny, like I have, you know, I have a lot of different kind of like rules around the scale. And I think there's a time and a place, like we've talked about, you know, appropriate times and places for all things. And I think there are times where it is valuable to stay off the scale. I think there are times where it is valuable to get on the scale every day to collect data to kind of desensitize yourself as well um and and a lot of the time i say you know ask yourself the question before you get on the scale is this number going to dictate my mood my day or my actions and if the answer is yes then maybe it's not time to get on it but now i'm gonna now i'm gonna go the flip side of it 
sometimes I'll see a client that won't want to weigh in because they haven't been doing what they're supposed to do and they don't want to face the music. And I think that that's the time that you need to get on the scale, honestly, because it's like, uh, it's like going on a shopping spree and way overspending over the weekend. Um, you're in a bunch of debt, but you don't want to look at that credit card statement. Well, the money has still been charged. You're still in debt. So go look at the credit card statement so you can start digging your way out, you know? So that's the only time that I ever push back is when a client is like hiding from the scale. It's one thing mm -hmm. if it's you're, you're hyper-focused on the scale, you need to stay off it to focus on other things. But I think it's another story um, and, and it's, and that's a tough conversation to have, by the way, from my end, because I have to, I have to like really call you out, but it's my job to be honest, you know, you know, that you're not doing the right thing and you're like hiding from it. Um, right. and, and you can't, you can't, I mean, the debt collector is going to show up at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a really, a really wild one, but this kind of goes back into like using your macros for quality instead of just if it fits. Um, but since I have moved from, uh, moved into more fruits and vegetables as my carb sources, as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a, like a diet phase right now. So I'm, I'm focusing more on more fruits and vegetables to cover all of my carbs, I'm not cutting carbs. I'm just using them differently. Um, my scale has been more consistent. It hasn't, I haven't been having those, those huge fluctuations as normally. So I've, I've found more consistency once I've improved the quality of the macros. So even though the numbers come out the same, the quality is definitely making a difference in the results that I'm getting, the consistency that I'm mm -hmm. getting in, in, a, in an area where it's, historically been pretty manic i mean it doesn't matter if i'm pregnant it doesn't matter if i'm postpartum pre well, my scale has always been an issue for me for for years um but now i'm starting to see that i, I can kind of level it off not completely but instead of you know six pound jumps it's maybe one or two pounds um so for me that's a that's a big difference so um i mean i know that's only a one person a scientific experiment there but you know i i definitely think quality in my food makes a difference for for my personal results and i think we always need to keep in mind that if the most people that come to us their goal is to lose fat and to put on muscle that will ultimately result for most people in the scale going down unless they're already pretty lean but when we think about do you remember like those i can't remember what like they're like it's like a little, like, like a, it shows you what a pound of muscle looks like versus what a pound of fat mm -hmm. looks like. And so a pound of fat takes up what, like, it looks just from, I have like a mental picture. It's like, what, four or five mm -hmm. times the size of muscle, right? Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I hate when people say, well, you're replacing fat with muscle. You're not replacing fat with muscle. It doesn't, that, 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 that fat doesn't turn into muscle, but you can lose fat and you can gain muscle and you can look significantly better, leaner, fitter, and the scale could be exactly the same because that muscle is gonna be a lot denser. And so I think it's always important to know that, yes, the scale is a data point. I'm not gonna pretend like the scale doesn't mean anything, um, but the scale tells, tell, doesn't ex exactly tell us what the information that we think it does. I think that's probably what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not uncommon for somebody to stay the exact same weight and look totally different as they have gained muscle and lost fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really where the coaching comes in and, you know, being able to talk people through that because then they're like frustrated with the results. And they're like, ah, I thought I'd be further along than I was, you know, I, I thought that there, there'd be more, there'd be more changes. And then it's like, okay, well, let's, let's step back and let's look at all the variables mm -hmm. here that we're tracking. Cause we track a lot more than just the scale. The scale is like one of the last pieces that I really pay attention to. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, along with the roadmap, you're also getting somebody to guide you along and be your tour guide and show you all the, the things that you're passing by as you're, you're, you're following things along. Cause you might, you might miss a landmark as you're, as you're driving along because you're so focused on the road. There's an analogy for yeah, you. Yeah. That, I mean, that is, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you think of how much space a pound of feathers, let's call it fat takes up versus how much space a pound of bricks takes up. Yeah. Um, you know, muscle, then we're, we're talking about things that are taking up way different space and in way different ways. Right. And I actually think that Taylor, well, both of you guys have good experience with this because just through her reverse diet was a good example, but Taylor has a really good example because 
your weight hasn't changed radically, but I recently pulled your measurements, not that long ago, if I recall, and your measurements have changed dramatically. And it's because of that reason, right? Yeah, and it was actually really cool to see, like, I think it's always really cool. Pictures are by greatest form of tracking um, to see, like, where you started to where you are now. And you're right. Like, I think I... I think I may be a couple pounds off from when I started, but I just feel completely different. And that's actually, it's actually cool when clients, you kind of see that like aha moment when they switch over from being so focused on what the number is into how they want to feel. And I feel like we've all been there to where like we had this number in mind and this is, this is where I want to be. But then after a while, you're like, well, this is actually, I want to feel better. Like I want my clothes to fit a certain way or I want to look a certain way. Like it kind of is cool to see that mindset shift, shift with people. And truthful. <laughs> yeah, JMO. <laughs> shift that mindset, buddy. Um, but that, but that is that you are, you're so true. You, you hit the, you're, you're so true. That's so right. You hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, you know, it is such an interesting mindset shift across the board. Um, I had something really good to say, but then that child screamed and it like, <laughs> I'm not used to hearing so screaming sorry. children. I just like, no, that's okay. If Mark comes home, the dogs will start barking. That'll be my version of it. Maybe I can scare you back. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think this is a good place to, for us to wrap up. Let's see if I can take my sweatshirt off without my headphones coming out. Um, I got all hot and bothered. I so like scared me. I'm sweating. <laughs> um, I think that we should, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we did just a pod of, of us, uh, by the way. Um, it's been a minute since it's just been the three of us, mm-hmm. but I think that next time, why don't we pop on and talk about, um, kind of like how to calculate your macros, which will be kind of general. Cause obviously, um, right. you know, it's going to be, we, we ask hundreds of questions when people sign up, um, but we can give, I think some general guidance on, you know, if you need to diet, if you need to reverse what, you know, how to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can talk about how to track macros and that kind of stuff. So I think that would be a good, a good segue from here. Um, does anybody have anything else to add before we wrap it up? No, nope. no, I think this is a good spot. All right. Thank you for listening to the Been There Lost Fat podcast. Our motto here is do it right so you only have to do it once. If you're looking for personalized and customized programming to reach and sustain your health and fitness goals, check us out at teamfitwithme.com. Check out the contact page. You can book a call complimentary with me. Um, There's all sorts of free guides and things you can grab on there as well. Um, And I look forward to seeing you at our consults.